Welcome to the Gold Rush 2011 podcast. Gold Rush is an annual student-led conference hosted by Perimeter Church. This year's theme was Consumed, where we talked about what we are consumed with and who ultimately consumes us. Thank you for downloading, and we hope you enjoy. All right, well, my name is Brooke Wheeler. Um, I am a senior. I just graduated from Lambert High School. Um, I was born in Oregon, but I have um, lived here and been going to Perimeter for um, the last 12 years. Um, I have an older brother, an older sister, and a younger brother. Um, And I like to swim and sing and play piano, and that's about it. Um, But anyway, today I'm going to talk about being internally consumed. Um, It's kind of a hard subject matter to cover. It's a little bit vague and out there, and it's really deep. Um, But just the whole theme of consumed um, just for the week is a great theme, but as I was preparing, I was just um, getting ready for Gold Rush. I was thinking, how am I going to be able to lead um, on the theme of consumed, and how am I going to be able to talk when, I mean, when I'm consumed with other things than God? And I just realized... God is using me as I am. He wants me to come to him as I am and be used. I'm not supposed to be perfect. And I'm not supposed to have all my ducks in a row and everything, the answer to everything to be able to do this. Um, And then this topic of being internally consumed has really, I've struggled with this um, specific topic also getting ready. It has a lot to do with spiritual warfare, so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and just um, the intensity of um, how the devil can affect you. Um, So before we um, really get into this, we're going to show um, a short video clip. All right. So for those of you who have no clue what is going on, um, this is the Lord of the Rings series. Um, it's the end of the third movie, and Frodo is the main character. He's the keeper of the ring, and the whole um, point of it is for him to return um, the ring, which represents evil, to destroy the ring um, back at the place where it was made, which is at this fire. Um, so I showed this video because I think it depicts a really good image of what it means to be internally consumed. I like it how it keeps going back and forth between um, the actual battle that's going on, a physical battle, and then back at the scene um, with Sam and Frodo at the mountain because I think the actual battle that's going on represents the battle that's going on inside of Frodo as he's trying to let go of this ring. The ring has totally consumed him and he doesn't even realize it until it's time for him to let go of the ring. He doesn't even understand this ring has gripped him so deeply. It's caught, it's grabbed hold of his heart and he doesn't even understand um, this until it's time to let go of it. Um, so 
I want to read a passage real quick from Ephesians 6, um, verses 10 through 20. Um, It's about the armor of God. Um, And these are the tools that God gives us for our spiritual battle. Um, Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, in which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. To make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So this um, passage um, shows us all the tools that God gives us to fight this spiritual battle. Um, We have the helmet of the salvation and the sword of the spirit and the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. And this is everything that God gives us um, to stand firm. It tells us to stand firm. Um, to fight against um, the evil tactics of the devil. Um, So what is this internal struggle? We all struggle internally, and um, sometimes it's the hardest to deal with because because it's internal, we obviously cannot see it in other people, and so it's difficult for us to understand. Maybe we think um, that we are the only ones going through this issue because it's not talked about very much. Um, For me, my story consists of this internal spiritual battle um, and this internal consumption. And I was the same way for the longest time. I thought there was something wrong with me um, because I didn't see this struggle outwardly expressed in other people. Um, I was born and raised in a Christian family. Um, I had a pretty good childhood. Um, I didn't struggle with um, tangible things like some other um, kids might have. Um, I didn't struggle with drugs or alcohol or pornography or possessions or bad relationships. I didn't, I wasn't consumed as much with those things. Um, but I was internally consumed, and I didn't really understand um, what it was. And because I was born and raised in a Christian family, um, I didn't get caught up in these other things, but um, I just thought that I was a pretty good kid um, because I didn't struggle with um, these things. 
Now, in life, I think most people would agree that it's pretty easy to praise God when everything in your life is going well. When everything seems to be going smoothly, it's easy to praise God um, for the blessings that he's given us. Um, But then what happens when things aren't going as well? I have um, some good friends of mine from high school that um, are perfect people. (laughs) Um, They are always on prom and homecoming court. Um, They have the most beautiful boyfriend. They get the best grades, get into the best schools, um, are the best at their sport, and they're just... Um, and they still can maintain a great relationship with their family and God and be loved by every type of clique at school. And I don't understand how um, these people do this, but um, I think most of us are probably not this way. Um, For me, I have to work to make A's and... Um, I don't necessarily feel loved by everyone at school. And I have shoulder injuries that prevent me from swimming um, and more issues um, like this. But um, these are, you know, same things that you guys struggle with too. And um, it's different because... And having said this, um, I'm not, um, I don't want you guys to like pity me or I'm not complaining right now um, because I'm very blessed and I understand um, the many blessings that God has given me. Um, So this internal struggle started um, for me about eighth grade. Like I said, I had a pretty good childhood um, as a kid when I was younger and then eighth grade came along. My oldest brother um, moved out to go to college. He went to the Air Force Academy. And um, it was really hard for, you know, changes being made. We're getting older, and we were really close. Um, He is a lot like me in personality. And then from then on, I just felt like everything was going downhill. Um, I felt conflict, constant conflict with my family and uh, siblings, little brother, friends. um, And I just, I was very hard on myself as a kid. Um, I blamed everything on myself. And um, the first thing that started this internal struggle, and I still struggle with this to this day, um, is not sharing openly with people about my life. I just tend to stuff all my emotions and keep everything inside, which is a very unhealthy way to live. But this is the first part of being internally consumed. Um, I, this stuffing of my emotions caused me to um, seek acceptance. I became consumed with acceptance. I felt like I wasn't loved Um, I felt like people didn't understand who I was, which is probably true because I didn't share anything deep about my life. Um, And I felt I was hard on myself, and I felt like I couldn't live up to certain expectations 
of my parents or God, and I became consumed with perfectionism. I felt like there was a certain standard that I could not meet. Um, All this stuffing of my emotions inside, I was like a cup inside. And I felt like the more things I just kept inside, it was like filling up more and more and more, and then I would just overflow. And I felt like I would just crack, and then it was like a train wreck, and I didn't understand what was wrong with my emotions and why I was acting all weird. And um, So this constant feeling down on myself and that I wasn't loved and being consumed with acceptance and being consumed with people-pleasing and being perfect, perfectionism, um, and just keeping it all inside caused me to feel depressed. Um, And finally, I felt like I was trapped in this black, dark hole, um, and I didn't know how to escape. Um, My brother, the one who went to the Air Force Academy, um, the year after his freshman year, he came back for the summer, and um, we went to the beach as a family or whatever, um, back home to Oregon, and he got in an accident. We were um, on the beach, and there are big rocks out there, and he was climbing, and we were just kind of climbing, having fun, and he climbed the top of a 30-foot rock about, and when he got to the top, um, the final rock he grabbed to pull himself up broke, and he fell back onto wet sand, and um, he shattered his wrist, he broke his sternum, his pelvis, and his tailbone. Um, And just being there to witness that was traumatic. Um, I had never been through something like that. Um, Again, I blamed that on me. Um, Don't ask me why. But I just thought there was something I could have done or I should have done to prevent that. And I felt like I had to be strong And it was just, I had never seen him that way before. Um, My whole life, I was never able to understand, fully understand um, the people who would commit uh, suicide. Um, I couldn't understand how somebody could get to that point in their life where they would rather die than feel like they were trapped in the life that they were living now. I just couldn't comprehend someone getting to that point. And then finally, at the end of my sophomore year, um, my whole life, I felt, was just like spun out of control. And I didn't know what else to do. So summer of sophomore year, after my sophomore year in high school, I I got in a car accident and um, totaled my dad's car. And after that point, when everything was just like I had come to the end of myself, I didn't know what else to do. And at that point, I could finally understand the people who wanted to commit suicide. It finally made sense to me. I was like, man, it would be so much easier just to leave this life than to try to 
get through all this stuff. And um, it was a scary realization that, ha- that I had even gotten to that point. Um, I never actually tried to commit suicide. I was um, a Christian at that time, so um, I knew that God had a different plan for me. He had a better plan for me, so um, obviously I didn't commit suicide. But um, back to the movie, the video clip a little bit. Um, When I got to this point, it was like Frodo, when he was hanging off the side. He was just looking down, and he saw how appealing that fire looked. It would be so much easier to let go than to try to get up the rock. Sam, um, his best friend in this video clip, um, I think he gives a good um, image of Christ at this part of the movie. Um, He's obviously not perfect um, like Christ was, but... Um, He has a couple characteristics in this uh, place, so in the movie. First of all, um, he doesn't run away. He stays there with Frodo. He he doesn't leave him. Um, I want to look at a passage really quick in Psalms 46.1. We read this this morning in devotions. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's what Sam was. Sam didn't, Sam didn't leave. He didn't run away in fear. And another thing that he did was um, he kept encouraging Frodo to let go of the ring, but he didn't do it for him. God is always there for us, and He's telling us to let go of whatever we're holding on to. But he's not going to come down and do it for us. He's not going to be like, okay, well, since you can't do it, I'll come do it for you. And let me show you how to do this right. And let me step in since you're not doing anything. No, he doesn't do that. And it's just so sad to me to see Sam's face as he's just like, no, when Frodo turns and decides to keep it for himself. Um, The ring is so beautiful. It looks so attractive from the outside. It's shiny, it's gold, it makes you turn invisible. It has pretty cursive letters on it. It's like, it looks so nice. I don't know whatever your ring might be for you, but whatever it is, it might look nice, but it's so deceptive, and it's so evil, and you don't even know the control it has over your life until it's time to let go. So what does all of this mean for us? Um... We all want control over our lives. And we all feel helpless when we don't have that control. But no matter how hard we try, something will always control us. And there's nothing we can really do about that. 
the one thing we can do is choose what or who we have to control our lives. We have a choice who that controller is, who are we going to be enslaved to. Enslavement does not sound very appealing. When we are born into this world, we are born into sin with the devil as our master, with sin as our master. And we are enslaved to sin. Um, If you look at John 8, verses 34 through 36. If I can... Um, It says, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So we're enslaved to sin. When we become Christians, we're enslaved to God. But since we have to be enslaved to something we might as well choose the most freeing enslavement that we could have. Christ is our master, but he's our friend, he's our father, he's our savior, he's our Lord. And so he doesn't, it does not feel like we're bound in chains and we're a slave to him. It's not that kind of enslavement. I don't know what your ring is today or what ring God is asking you to let go of, but he doesn't want you to have control over it and he doesn't expect you. He wants you to give it over to him. He wants you to trust him and let go of the ring. Um, I want to turn to Luke for a minute. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Um, says, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. He wants us to surrender to him. He wants us daily to take up our cross and surrender to him. So deny myself and take up my cross daily and follow some random dude, that sounds like fun. But it's so different than it it appears. (laughs) It's like he wants us, it's so freeing. Taking up our cross is not being enslaved. It's surrendering to him. It's letting go. He, we need him more than anything else in this world. And he's simply waiting for us to come to him. He's not going to do it for you. He's your Sam standing back and just waiting for you. He's not going to do it for you. So many times we're looking for him and we're wondering where he's gone, why he's abandoned me. I feel the same way. I felt this way many times in my life. I'm like, where are you, God? I need you now. You didn't leave me, did you? And we don't even realize that he's just, here I am. I'm right here with my arms held open wide, waiting for you 
to come to me. Matthew 11, verse 28, says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. His arms are held open wide, and he's asking you to come to him. He hasn't left us. Deuteronomy Chapter 31, verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. This is his promise to us. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. He's not going to fail us. He goes with us wherever we go. He wants us to come to him and lay our burdens on him. Like I said, he's here and we don't see him because we're turning to other things to satisfy. We're not really seeing that he's there. When we turn to our other rings, whatever they may be, it might satisfy for a little bit because it looks nice and it looks attractive. But it's not going to keep us there for long. And it's going to leave us empty and depressed and just wanting more. So what happens now? My life is perfect now. And I don't struggle with perfectionism. I don't struggle with acceptance. And I don't struggle with keeping things inside of me. Wrong. I wish I could say that. Um, Even this week, I struggle with perfectionism. Everything with my seminar needs to turn out perfectly just the way I planned. Um, everyone who comes watch to watch my seminar is probably judging me and I want to be accepted by them. And I don't want to tell anybody what I'm feeling. I just want to keep it inside of me. I still struggle with that. I'm still... It's still something that I have to continue to work on, but um, I want you guys um, to listen real quick to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 23 says, But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you're not setting your mind on God's interests but man's. I love this verse. I use it all the time, and I need it all the time, and I need this constant reminder because I have believed the lies of the devil for so long, and I need to just tell the devil, get behind me. You're a stumbling block to me. He is hindering you from your relationship with Jesus. You need to understand that you are a child of God, Understand the truth that he will never leave you or forsake you. I know it's always easier said than done, um, as I still struggle with this, but I encourage you guys, find friends, a close friend or family member who you can confide in and just tell, be open with, share with them, have them be your accountability partner. It's important to have those people in your life. Enrich your spiritual walk by 
being in the word, I know this is going to sound cheesy and churchy to read the Bible and pray, but I mean, it's so true. Spending time in the word so you believe those truths, you can memorize these scriptures that mean something to me and that are going to speak to you, memorize that he will never leave me or forsake me, and know the truths and verbalize them. Remember, when you're going through those hard times where it's hard to praise God, remember what it felt like to praise him when everything was going good. Um, James 1, verses 2 through 4, says, Consider all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Perfect and complete? We're going to be perfect and complete if we go through these trials. Because the testing of our faith produces endurance, as James says. Philippians 4, verse 11 says, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Are we content when we're going through the hard times? I constantly have to remind myself, I just pray, and I praise God for the times I'm going through difficult times. I just say, thank you, God. Thank you for the good times and the bad times as you use it to make me stronger in my faith. Um, I also have to remember and just focus on the cross because ultimately, whatever we might go through is nothing compared to what he went through for us. He was perfect. He didn't even deserve it. And here we are, sinful people, and deserve much worse, but he's willing to save us from that. And this perfect, undeserving, precious, holy savior went through more than we could even imagine. So I think to myself, whatever I'm going through is nothing. Just look at the cross. Verbalize the truths to the devil or to shun the devil. Keep your focus on him throughout your days. Pray when you feel like cussing. Love when you feel like hating. Be soft-hearted and open to what he might be teaching you. Listen for when he's speaking to you and let him embrace you. All you can do is run into the arms of your Savior. For those of you today who are in way deep over your head, way worse than I was. I encourage you to find someone that you can trust and talk about. I know you don't want to. I was the same way. I didn't want to share anything, but it's so healing to just find someone that you can trust and talk about what's going on in your life, for someone to keep you accountable. For those of you um, who are probably 
not as extreme, maybe where I was, or not even that far, maybe. If you're just simply living with an unrealistic standard of expectations, know that you aren't as bad as you think you are, but you're also worse off than you think you are without Christ. And quite frankly, it's just dangerous to compare yourself with others. Don't believe the lies of the devil. Men, the devil's going to try to tell you that you're not strong enough, you're not a good leader, that you're not able to be a good provider or someone to look up to. Run to God. Don't listen. Tell Satan to get behind you. And God will show you how to be the right leader and man of God. Women, don't believe the lies of the devil when he tells you that you're not pretty enough, that you're not beautiful, nobody loves you, and that you're never going to get married. I've believed that lie so many times. But run to God, who's the true lover of your soul. Fall in love with him. I'm going to look at two more passages real quick, and we'll be done. James 4, chapter, or uh, verses 7 and 8, says, Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Submit to God. Draw near to God. And finally, Romans 8. I love this passage. It's so comforting and so encouraging. And um, I just encourage you guys to believe these truths. But he says, But in all these things, we overwhelmingly overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing is able to separate you from the love we have in Christ Jesus. So I just encourage you guys today, whatever your ring is, let go, let go of the ring. Surrender, but at the same time, run to Jesus, hold on to Jesus. Frodo is hanging off the edge, and Sam tells him not to let go. Do not let go. Hold on to me. Grab my hand. Jesus is telling you that today, guys. He doesn't want you to let go of him. He wants you to take hold of his hand and come to him. All you who are weary, he will not leave you or forsake you. And he wants you to surrender your ring to him. Let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today and what you're doing in all these students' lives. God, I just pray that you would teach us and help us to let go of our rings that are consuming us. Help us to run to you. Help us not not to let go, but to hold on to you. Help us to believe your truths, Lord, that you will never leave us or forsake us, and that nothing is able to separate us from you. Thank you for all these students and what you're doing in their hearts and lives. I love you. I pray all this in your precious holy name. Amen. You've been listening to the Gold Rush 2011 podcast. Perimeter Church is located at 9500 Medlock Bridge Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. If you'd like more information about the church, please visit our website at watershedministry.org.